0: Now I want to invite all of our young persons to come forward for a children's moment. And if you are worshiping with us at home, you can kind of come a little bit closer to the screen. And while y'all are making your way up here, I'm going to get my good friend Spot here. What do you think of Spot? Come and come sit right down here. I'm going to sit right here. So y'all can sit all right around there if you want. I'm going to put Spot here. How is everybody this morning. Good, good. It's good to see so many of you today. Come on up. Okay, so this is my pal Spot. And I brought my pal Spot today because you know what? I needed a big hug today. And Spot is so cuddly. Do you have, does, that, does anybody else have a stuffed animal or something they like to hug a lot? Does anybody have one that they sleep with maybe at night or something like that? Yeah, Yeah, well, you know what? My daughters have a lot of stuffed animals too and Spot is so cuddly and Spot sits on my daughter's bed and I just thought I need to bring Spot today because I need a big hug. Now, I don't know if you heard in the story today that was just read, but there was a story about this young man who his life didn't turn out quite the way he thought it was going to and he was sad and he wasn't sure what he was going to do. And yet, and yet, he found out that his father still loved him. And guess what else? That God still loved him. And when he realized that God loves me and my father loves me, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back home and tell him how I'm feeling and what's going on. and, And maybe that'll help make me feel better. What do you think his dad did when he got home? What do you think he did? He did have a party, but what did he do first? Yeah, he hugged him really, really tightly. He hugged him really, really tightly. And he said, You are my son, and I love you, and I'm so glad you're here. And no matter what happened, I still love you. And you know what? I think God was saying the same thing in that moment. Now, this dog sits on my daughter's bed, but you know what I love even more than hugging this dog? I love hugging my daughter. And when I go in and I I see all her stuffed animals at night, I go in there and I might cuddle with them a little bit, but you know what I'm really looking forward to? I'm looking forward to giving my daughter a big hug because that reminds me that she is a gift to me and I'm a gift to her and that God loves us very much and that we can share love with one another and take care of one another. So today, I invite you to, as you go home or as you go back to your seats later, to maybe give somebody that loves you very much a big hug, to let them know that you love them and that God loves them very much. Do you think you can do that for me? Do You think you can give somebody a big hug today? Well, if you don't feel like it, it's okay because you know what? You don't have to give a hug. But if you want to give a hug, it's a wonderful way to show people that they are loved. All right? Will you pray with me? Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful that you love us and that you put people in our lives that love us. And we give thanks that we have people that love us and that we love them back. Lord, help us always remember to share your love with other people so that they know that we care about them so very much and that they remember that you do too. It's in your name that we pray, amen. All right. if you are between the ages of three and five, you may go with Pastor Maggie and Pastor Katie to Children's Chapel. And if you're older than that or younger than that, you can go back to your seats with your parents, okay? Good to see you all this morning. What's that? Oh, you're going with me? Well, I'm going up there, so you may not want to come with me today. Would you want to go way up there? That might be kind of fun, actually. That has been one of the joys of this time of where things have changed. We've been doing children's church, which we didn't used to do, and uh, the pastors get to go and lead now, and so it's been fun to get to know the children in a different way. So I'm glad at least one of them wanted me to come come back. It must mean, must mean somebody likes me okay. Over the last few Sundays, we have been in this Love Always series and we've explored some portions of the Apostle Paul's letters that we don't hear very often. They were perhaps so foreign to our ears that um, we had to open our minds and hearts and really stretch a bit to even understand what they were trying to say and how they might apply to our lives. This week we face the opposite experience. Here in this so-called prodigal son story or parable, we find a story so familiar to most of us that we might wonder, is there anything else to discover? And yet this week as I pondered the text and as I studied it with people in our Bible studies and as I put it into conversation with our focus on 1 Corinthians 13 and Paul's description of love, I was reminded of just how rich this tale really is. There's a reason that we revisit it time and time again, because it's complex, and it's many-sided, and it resonates with the very depth of the expansive nature of God's love in all of its forms. Now, I say it's the so-called prodigal son story, because I'm not really sure that's the best name for it. Many other names have been suggested, The Story of the Prodigal Sons, The Tale of Two Brothers, or perhaps most fittingly, The Story of the Prodigal Father, or The Loving Father. Some of the members of our Bible studies this week suggested some different titles. They thought maybe it would be better to go with The Story of the Spoiled Brat, or The Parable of the Dysfunctional Family, and perhaps you can think of others. As we try to discern what this story is wanting to tell us about divine love, I wonder if it makes the most sense to hold all of these various names and perspectives in tension. All at once, it is a story about promising futures and dashed dreams, good decisions and bad decisions, fruitful outcomes and the depths of despair, Reconciliation and resentment, hatred and love. It's messy, it's complicated, it's life. And divine love winds its way through all of it. As the Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians, divine love hopes all things and bears all things and believes all things and endures all things. Now it's tempting for us to hear this story and want to make it an allegory, to say that the father represents God and that the younger son represents the repentant sinner returning to God. Now while there's nothing particularly wrong with this reading, I want to today simply invite you to hear this story as a human story. I want you to hear this as a story where divine love pursues and chases each member of this family, seeking wholeness and healing and goodness for each person involved. In this way, I think we can begin to catch a glimpse of the ways in which God's love pursues each and every one of us as well. Love hopes all things. As we imagine the years that might have led up to the beginning of this story we can imagine the many hopes and dreams that culminated in this moment in these people's lives. I imagine this father as a younger man holding his sons for the first time after their births. If you've been a parent or a parent figure you know the profound sense of hope and possibility that comes with raising children and imagining their futures. It seems so open and so free, and it is. This is one aspect of God's gift of life and love that grants each and every one of us a chance to live in love. Love means potential, and it means promise. And all of us, whether we have been parental figures or not, can remember the sense of possibility that we carry or that we carried as young children, as teenagers, as young adults. These two young brothers had hopes and dreams that were not so unlike our own. And no matter your age, I invite you to take a moment and remember how you have known God's love during your own times of hope. When has God and love opened the doors of possibility and of adventure and of exploration and of growth? That's what true divine love does. Love hopes the best for my future and the best for your future, the best for our future together. If you are in a season of hope and possibility, know that the God who is love is with you. Love bears all things because love in action opens the door of endless potential, love also carries with it a measure of risk and even danger. That's why love must not only hope, but must be ready to bear the burdens and struggles that are the natural accompaniment to living lives of hope and possibility. In the face of hope for the future of his sons, it must have felt. Tremendously hurtful when this man's younger son came to him to ask for his share of the inheritance prematurely. After having poured years of sacrifice and care into the life of this boy, his son had basically turned around and wished him dead. He was seeking the inheritance that would normally have been his his own after his father's death. Yet the father gives in and distributes the inheritance to both of his boys anyway. Now, some folks who hear this part of the story say, what an irresponsible father. Somebody in Bible study this week asked me, can you imagine giving a bunch of $500 to your daughter and just letting her go do whatever you want with it? I said, no, I can't. But I think this father understands something about divine love that we often fail to grasp. The truest love, the kind of godly love that binds the universe together, is a non-coercive and an always giving love. In the book, Uncontrolling Love, Essays Exploring the Love of God, theologian Thomas J. Urd writes, God's love is necessarily self-giving and others empowering. God cannot override or withdraw or fail to provide the power of freedom and agency or existence to creation. Now of course it's important to remember that only God can absolutely give of self. There are limits to what we can do and boundaries that must be set for our own health and well-being. And yet, when we lean into divine love, we will find ourselves becoming people who seek to empower others and to allow others to live freely under the care of God's provision. As painful as it must have been for this father to part with his son in this way, and as frightened as he must have been for his son's future, this father chose not to control but to let his son live freely to let his son rise or fall, to entrust his son to God's abiding love, knowing ultimately that only God's love could fully hold his son. If you are currently in a season of having been hurt by someone dear to you, or you have a rocky relationship, know that the God who is love is with you if you are in a season of letting someone go so that they may live more freely in the care of God, know that the God who is love is with you. Love believes all things. As this younger son followed what he thought were his wildest dreams and wishes, something happened along the way. What began as promise and excitement devolved into pain and lament. Although this young gentleman received a profound gift of love from his father, the gift of freedom and of exploration, he didn't quite know what to do with it. And so he misused that freedom. This young man learned the hard way what the Apostle Paul says elsewhere in 1 Corinthians, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. So he found himself at the lowest point in his life, feeling alone and pitiful, ready to eat with the pigs in a pigsty. I think this is perhaps one of the most profound portraits of desolation and depression in the Bible. And yet at that very moment when he was at his worst, feeling completely lost, the parable says in the King James translation that he came to himself. Somehow, when all was bleak, a glimmer of sunshine broke through. And I think this is a moving depiction of the love of God that is always working on us, that is at the heart of our very being. If only we can stop to notice it, to believe it, and to embrace it. And when this love sparks, we come to ourselves and we begin to sense something of our self-worth again. The love of God believed that this young man was not disposable and not unimportant, or even worse, irredeemably bad. Rather, he was simply lost to himself and lost to others. But love opened the door back to his own worth, his own imago dei, or the image of God within. And when he returned to his father, his father believed in his worth as well so much so that he celebrated his return and lavished him with celebration and honor. Now, tough love might have said to shower him with shame and with guilt, but the divine love channeled by the Father knows that no shame he could pile on was any worse than what the Son already brought with him. As clinical social worker and researcher and author Dr. Brene Brown reminds us, the opposite of worthiness is shame. And this father knew that love is the antidote to shame and self-loathing. A love that says, I see you and I feel your pain and all will be okay. I suspect everyone here can identify with this experience of being at your lowest Either you or someone you love has probably hit a rock bottom of sorrow or grief or shame at some point. Sometimes it's because we've misused our freedoms like this young man. Other times it's simply because of the things that have unfolded in our lives as we have faced loss or tragedy or hardship or struggle. Whatever has brought us or our loved ones down to that point, it's important to remember that we are not alone. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, did you know that 17.3 million or 6.7% of American adults experience depression every year? And another 40.1 million or 18.1% of American adults experience some form of anxiety disorder each year. And these numbers don't even capture the prevalence of these difficulties among children and teens and the rise of these things in the aftermath of COVID. And so it's so important to remember, just like this younger son does, the younger son does set a good example here, because he remembers that there is always help available if you only reach for it. So if you find yourself in a season of grief or despair or depression or lament today, know that the God who is love is with you. And love endures all things. Love is always working to bring about healing and wholeness and fruitful relationships. And the love between the father and the son, the younger son, endured despite the separation and the time apart and the hard times. And obviously, the love endured between the father and the older son, the one who dutifully stayed behind to use his time and his inheritance and his energy to care for his father's livelihood. But one wonders as the story draws to a close. Does love endure between all three of them? Can the older brother come to forgive his younger brother's transgressions and begin to see him as worthy of love and a place back at home? Can the younger son accept that love, the love he has received again, now calls for some accountability to his father and his brother? Not because of shame or duty, but simply because that's what loving relationship requires. And can this father, who has demonstrated that he knows much about the divine nature of love, help both of his sons learn to embody more grace, more support, and more mutual growth with and for one another? In many ways, we're right back to where we started. It's messy, it's complicated its life and divine love winds its way through all of it. If you are wondering if God's love can really hold it all together in your life and relationships, the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, the struggles and the triumphs, know that the God of love is with you. God's love looks most like that big giant hug that the father offers to his younger son upon his return. It's an all-embracing love, and it's the only thing big enough to hold all that we experience. And to believe that and to trust that is so fundamentally important. To live inside of and through such divine love can and will begin to make a difference in your life. It will shape your thinking and your feeling and your praying and your knowing and your doing. And it may take time, even a lifetime or more, but God's love always triumphs in the end. Just ask this father and his two sons.